Lord Jesus Christ. We do thank you for this opportunity you've given that we might come together into this holy house of worship and prayer to lift holy hands without wrath or doubting to bless and praise you for your goodness unto us. We thank you for this day. It's the end of another year, but this is a day that you have made. Therefore, we will rejoice and be glad in it. And we want you to know that we appreciate all your blessings, your help, your protection, your provisions, your guidance, even the anointing of your spirit that has fallen upon us so many times this year. We want to thank you, Lord, for the miracles that you have wrought in our midst, for the souls that you have saved, for the hearts you have touched, for those whose hearts have been pricked by your Holy Spirit to humble themselves and acknowledge their sin and ask for forgiveness and come to the waters of baptism so that their sins could be washed away. For all that, we give you thanks. Your joy is our strength. Your peace, our sanity. And so we ask in your holy name that you anoint us and bless us all the more as we walk with you. Now, Lord, as we speak from your holy word, open our eyes and our ears. Touch our hearts that we might understand and apply your truth and wisdom. And anoint us, we pray in the name of the Lord, to declare your truth with power and anointing of the Holy Ghost. And let the Spirit of God go forth and touch the hearts today. And bring someone to know you. We thank you now. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. And for his sake, we ask these blessings. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated at this time in the name of the Lord. Again, we just thank the Lord for the wonderful opportunity we have to be in the house of the Lord again. The psalmist said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And we're thankful today for our Follow along with me that you'll turn to these scriptures and see them for yourself. So let's see what the word of God says. The Bible is the word of God. It's absolute and infallible. People have tried to come up with arguments over the years to try to get away from not only reading the scripture, but more importantly, believing it and obeying it. But no one has come up with a, with a reasonable, valid argument that says there's errors here. We should not obey it. Amen. No one has come up with anything credible relative to the Bible contradicts itself. When you say the Bible contradicts itself, I want you to show me specifically where it does. And I guarantee you, you just don't understand what you just read. Praise the Lord. Isaiah said it would be line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. Amen. To be a country, uh, one of the leading nations on the face of the earth, at least we say we are, uh, and to, uh, to come to the place where 
education and science has become our God. It's amazing how illiterate the nation is when it comes to the reading and understanding of scripture. We weren't always this way, but we certainly are this way now. And it hasn't helped us or made us better. It's made us worse. But I want to invite you, I'm going to read several verses today from the New Testament, and you can just follow along with me. I'm going to start in the 13th chapter of the book of Romans, Romans chapter 13. I want a verse from Romans 13, and then we're going to turn to the book of Ephesians. All these are letters of the Apostle Paul, the great Apostle Paul. Ephesians chapter 4, and we're going to read a, two or three verses. And, and then I want to read just a clause from 1 Corinthians chapter 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. So, amen. We need to be very proficient with the, with the scripture. Is that right? Amen. I'll call these scriptures out again, so don't, don't, don't trouble your mind to worry about remembering all three. Let's start in Romans chapter 13, and I just want verse 11 for now. We'll talk more about it later. But Romans 13 and 11, we find these words, and that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. <coughs> for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. And let's consider verses 22, 23, and 24. Ephesians, chapter 4. Beginning at verse 22, we find these words, that ye put off concerning the former conversation. Conversation in this Context is an old English word that means lifestyle or conduct. That you put off the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Finally, from 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 29. I just want that first clause, so you can call it 1 Corinthians 7, 29a, if you like. Paul says here, and I'll get the context to you later, but this I say, brethren, the time, is short. I'd like to use for a title today, Wake Up, Get Dressed, It's Almost Time to Go. I know some of you have heard that before. Let, let, me, let me see how honest we'll be today. How many of you hear the alarm clock in the morning, hear it go off, but try to get a few extra moments or minutes in after the clock goes off? Just about everybody. 
Let me just talk to the students. How many of you students have to be called multiple times <laughs> before, before you actually arise? <laughs> All right. Well, I'm at the point in life now where I've rationalized a number of things, and one of the things I do with regard to the clock is I just rationalize that another five minutes or 10 minutes or even 15 are not going to make a difference in the tiredness I feel. So I might as well just get up. Matter of fact, those few minutes might save me on the other end and help me or keep me from being too late. So I just get up. I don't feel like it, but I get up anyhow. There's uh, something, a concept called procrastination. To procrastinate is to put off intentionally doing something that should be done, like getting up. <laughs> and it's easy to procrastinate, isn't it? Especially when you really don't want to do what you have to do or what you ought to do. Amen. But thinking that you have time can be a very dangerous thing. Because life is uncertain. And no one really knows how much time they have left to do anything. And what I found is it can be so easy to get caught up in the activities of natural life until you fall asleep spiritually. And what I mean by falling asleep is that you live or you walk, as the Bible would say, in darkness because your life is not guided by God's knowledge and truth. And as saints of Jesus Christ, the Bible says we are children of light. Therefore, we should walk in the light. The Bible says as he is in the light. And John also writes to us that God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. Praise the Lord. And so... I know some of your neighbors are already sitting a little quiet. I'm talking a little slow, and maybe they find my raspy voice soothing. They're, they're starting to drift. Their eyes are getting heavy. No one's beating a tambourine. No one's playing the music so loud you can't even hear yourself sing. So you better wake them up. So give your neighbor the elbow. Tell your neighbor, wake up. Get dressed. It's almost time to go. Romans chapter 13. And that knowing the time. Verse 11. Knowing the time. It is late in the evening. Those of us that have an understanding of this walk with Christ. An understanding of the word of God. Know that time is winding up. If you look at verse 12 of that same 13th chapter, 12a, says the night, and this is speaking metaphorically here, the night is far spent. The day, what day? The day of the Lord is at hand. Praise the Lord. 
This day and time that we're living in has been described in biblical terms as an evil day, an evil time. Some of the news that we're getting right now about some of the horrible things that are going on, not only around the world, but right in our country. If you travel maybe 100 miles south of here into the city of New York and its boroughs, you've been hearing about some of the hate crimes that are going on amongst the Jews. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's horrible. It's terrible, untenable. But these are indicative of the time that we are living in. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 3 with me. I want to tell you what the Bible says about this. 2 Timothy chapter 3. The Apostle Paul is writing, beginning at verse 1. He says, this know also, that in the last days, the last days of the church age, That's the age we're living in, the church age. It's not going to go on forever. It started on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, and it's almost over. He says that in the last days, perilous times shall come, dangerous times. He's saying it's coming. Well, it might have been coming when he wrote it, but it's here now. He said, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. At the heart of our insanity in America is ourself. We are enamored with self-love. Life is no longer about others. It's about me and what I want to do and how I, what I want to achieve, what I want to become. Praise the Lord. When life is better lived if you focus on others. Men shall be lovers of their own self. They'll be covetous. Amen. We have our marketers to thank us for that, to thank for that. We, we, we want everything we see. And sometimes we don't care how we get it. We have billboards. We have, we have uh, uh, television commercials. We have radio commercials. You, you can't even look at the Internet now without uh, commercials popping up on YouTube. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, because we are covetous. We, we want everything. We never seem to be satisfied. Amen. We are boasters. Again, because we are so self-absorbed, we want to share with everybody who we are and what we are doing. And the social media has really helped us, amen, in that regard. People are focused on themselves. We are proud. Mm -hmm. thinking we are more than what we are. We are blasphemers. People use the name of God, including Jesus Christ, as though it were a byword. Doesn't doesn't mean anything to them anymore when we are told from the Old Testament, amen, that we should hallow the name of God. Uh, Disobedient to parents. Uh, Obedience now is like a joke. It's something you do if you want to do. Praise the Lord. But the Bible tells us, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. And there's a promise that's associated with that commandment. The Bible says your days will be long in the land that God gives you. Uh, Unthankful. Mm, 
Praise the Lord. Again, uh, because we're so self-absorbed, it's rare that you'll hear people say thank you. You can do something for them. You can hold the door for them. And they act like you have a top coat, a top hat and tails on. You're supposed to hold the door for them. Amen. The least little act of kindness that someone does for you, including family members, should be responded to with a thank you. I don't care how long you've been married to your husband or your wife. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'll be nice right now. To your husband or your wife. I might, I might not be able to promise you that before I sit down. But, amen, if your husband does something for you, you ought to say thank you. If your wife does something for you, you should say thank you. You shouldn't feel and have this attitude of the world, well, that, that, that they're supposed to do that. We're married. Married or not, amen, as an individual, you should be thankful for everything the Lord blesses to come your way. Amen. In these last days, the Bible said there would be unholy. Mm-hmm. Amen. Sacrilegious. People could care less about the sacred things of God or God himself without natural affection. Amen. This is why in our nation today we have this, this swelling of a, a homosexual and lesbian and uh, a, gay, a gay agenda. Uh, an agenda that is contrary to the word of the Lord. For the people that practice that lifestyle, the Bible says, are practicing a abominable things. It's an abomination. Amen. It doesn't make a difference what the Congress says, what the state legislature say, or anybody that is in political power, or a doctor. Praise the Lord. Homosexuality is wrong. Lesbianism is wrong. Praise the Lord. Amen. And you should not be intimidated to the point that you say, well, I'm not going to say anything about it because then people won't believe that I love them. Listen, let me tell you something. That's just a ploy of Satan to back you into the corner to try to get you to go along with something that God said we should not be doing. Praise the Lord. Amen. There are a lot of things in life you don't like. Amen. But that doesn't mean you hate the people that practice them. Amen. Again, amen, homosexuality is wrong. There have never been proven with all of our scientific methods, no scientist, no doctor has ever found a gene or something in the DNA that dictates that a person is going to love someone of the same sex. Amen. That's a lie. It's no one has come up with it. Matter of fact, scientists have found the opposite. That there is nothing that suggests a person is going to be homosexual or lesbian. That practice is a learned practice. It's not normal. God told Adam and Eve in the beginning, he said, be fruitful and multiply. Amen. Bring children, bring offspring into the earth. Two men can't have a child. Two women can't have a child. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's contrary to the laws and the nature of God. And as the people of God, we should not go along with it. Praise the Lord. Amen. So the Bible says in these last days, this is what we were seeing. Unnatural affection. Truce breakers. Praise the Lord. People will, will make a covenant, but will break it. They'll be false accusers. They'll be incontinent, the scripture says. In other words, they lack self-control. Folk are out of control these days. Praise the Lord. They can't seem to restrain themselves enough to behave themselves. Just watch them driving up and down the highway with road rage. Amen. Look at 
people the way they treat one another. Look at folks that just, uh, they're drinking, they're smoking, they're sexing, they're lying. They're just, they act like they cannot control themselves. The Bible said it would be so in these last days. Praise God. The Bible said they'd be fierce. And we see that happening in our land. They're despisers of those that are good. That's why they want to back you in a corner if you don't go along with what they say you should accept. Then you're not tolerant. Praise the Lord. Amen. The Bible said they would be traitors. Uh, They would be heady. Amen. In other words, they would be rash. They wouldn't think things through. They'll just do what the first thing that comes to their mind. Uh, High-minded. Amen. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Amen. Uh, This is the last day of the year. On that alone, every church should be packed. Amen. So people can come and give God thanks for what he's done. But we find ourselves lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. This is an indication that we are living in the last days. Let the church say amen. All right, turn with me to the book of Thessalonians. First Thessalonians, amen, chapter 5. Let's read a little bit more about these last days because we ought to know the day and time that we are living in. If the enemy, Satan, our enemy, can keep us blind to this truth, then we'll stumble along in darkness. And, uh, amen, we'll come to a point where we realize what time it is too late to do anything about it. All right, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 1 says, but of the times and the seasons, brethren, ye have no need that I write unto you. Paul is writing to the church there at Thessalonica. Amen. He says, for yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Do you know that most Christian churches don't even preach about Jesus or teach about Jesus Christ coming again to take the church out of the world. Praise the Lord. But the Bible says that this day will come upon us as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, verse 3, then sudden destruction cometh upon them as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, uh, Just as soon as somebody says there's peace, war, or some disturbance breaks out somewhere in the world. Verse 4, but ye, brethren, are not in darkness. Not in darkness because we know God's truth and should be walking in that truth, living according to that truth. He said, ye uh, are not in darkness, that that day should overtake you as a thief. The coming of the Lord shouldn't be a, 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 a surprise to the people of God because the Bible told us what will be happening just prior to Jesus coming again. Amen. In verse 5 the scripture says, and ye are all the children of light and the children of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. When you don't know Jesus, you walk in darkness. When you do know him and you study his word, you can walk in the light. Praise God. So this is a dark time. That's why we need to wake up. Amen. If you follow me back over to that, the Romans chapter 13, praise God. Amen. Paul said it is high time in verse 11. Didn't he say so? It is high time to awake out of sleep for now 
is your salvation. Amen. This is not just talking about the salvation that we received when the Lord, uh, when we were born again of the water and the spirit, but it's speaking about our ultimate glorification. The time of our salvation is nearer than when we believe. Amen. Again, you can get so caught up in this life until you fail to understand that your primary purpose in life should be to glorify God. Amen. Your primary purpose is not to glorify yourself, not to glorify Satan, not to glorify any institution in this world. Your primary responsibility and mine is to glorify God. I'm reminded in the sixth chapter of the book of Isaiah, when Isaiah had this vision of the throne room, he saw cherubim flying in the throne room. Amen. And the Bible said with two wings they covered their uh, head and two wings they covered their feet and two wings they did fly. And as they flew in the throne room in the presence of God, they cried, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Praise God. They realized that their job, amen, was to shout praises to God. And we should realize, amen, that amen, we ought not have the same understanding is people who don't know God. It is our purpose, praise God, to bring glory to his name in the things that we do, working in the kingdom of God, worshiping him, praising him, hallelujah, and looking forward to his soon return. Nothing else really matters. Praise the Lord our God. Hallelujah to the Lord. So it is high time to wake out of sleep. Our salvation is nearer than when we believe. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, amen. We're not like the ungodly who are asleep. If you go back over to 1 Thessalonians. Amen. I told you we were going to read some Bible today. So run around here with me. Let's see what the word of God says. Amen. Uh, in 1 Thessalonians. Praise God. Uh, chapter 5 again. I want to read a few verses there. Verse 6, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 6, Paul says, therefore let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Praise God. Be sober here doesn't necessarily mean we have a face that looks like one of the four faces uh, on Mount Rushmore. It just means that, amen, we need to be clear-minded. We need to realize what time it is and what's going on around us, amen, and not take what is happening around us for granted, but understand Amen. That the Bible is being fulfilled right before our eyes. Praise God. So let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. Let us be observant, in other words. Verse 7, for they that sleep, sleep in the night, and they that be drunken are drunken in the night. But let us who are of the day be sober, Hallelujah. And then he tells us how to get dressed. We'll talk about that in a little while. Praise God. Amen. But we need to be careful for the Old Testament prophet said, woe to them that are at ease in Zion. Amen. It's time for us saints to wake up. Praise God. And stop acting like we don't know what time it is. Amen. As I mentioned to you earlier, amen, uh, you know, our body seems to have an internal clock, doesn't it? Uh, even before that clock goes off sometime in the morning, we wake up, don't we? Amen. And sometimes we're angry that we woke up before the clock went off. Amen. That just gets us in a, in a worse mood in some cases. But that's because the Lord somehow, amen, put a ticker in us uh, to let us know 
know that uh, sleep time is over. He was doing that for hours to bring us to a, a state of consciousness again. Amen. You realize sometimes some of us, we sleep so deeply until we don't even know we're in the world, do we? Amen. We're so sleep, anything could happen around us. We have no knowledge of it. It must be to some degree like death. Amen. We're so deeply sleep. And some of us sleep so deep until things can be going on around us. People can clap their hand in our ear and we still won't wake up. I'm reminded of a few years ago, mother and I were traveling. This is a long time ago. Amen. And our, our daughter, sister Carlita Coles and Elder Geddes were, they were still home at the time. And down the street, one of our neighbor's homes blew up. Praise the Lord. And, uh, of course, uh, Sister Coles jumped up and went to the window to see what was happening. Elder Geddes just slept right through the whole thing. <laughs> praise the Lord. The fire engines, the police, amen, the, the, the emergency, praise the he, he just slept right through it. He got himself a good night's sleep. But that's the way some of us are when it comes to life, come to living for the Lord. We're walking in darkness, amen, and we're so sleep, we're so out of it, we are clueless as to what's going on when we need to read the word of God and wake up and realize, amen, that amen, the time is far spent, amen, the day of the Lord is at hand. Now, amen, 2019 is coming to a close, isn't it? Amen, and it's a wonderful time for reflection, but I'll tell you something else. It's also a time to realize that the coming of the Lord draws nigh. It's nearer than when we uh, thought about it or when it was at the beginning of uh, this great year of 2000. 2019. Amen. And so when you wake up, one of the things you do is take off uh, the night clothes and you put on the day clothes, don't you? Praise God. And that's the way it should be. I see insanity just going on. I guess you get to a place in life where you're so old until there's so much craziness going on, you can hardly believe it. But now I see people outside walking in their slippers. I see these crazy folk walking in their pajamas. Praise God. Some going to class on college campuses in their pajamas. It's a crazy day in time that we're living in. It doesn't make an ounce worth of sense. But normal people take off night clothes, get themselves cleaned up, and put on day clothes. Is that right? That's normal. That's normal. Praise the Lord. Amen. And let me tell you something. In this spiritual context, amen, when you take those night garments off, you're not going to sleep again. So you might as well ditch those. Get rid of them. Amen. When you put on, amen, what the Bible tells us to dress ourselves with and walk in the light, you're going to keep those on because that's what you're going to have on when Jesus comes. Is that right? Praise God. Turn to, turn to the fourth chapter of the book Ephesians, of Ephesians, and let's find out what we should be putting on. Praise God because, uh, amen, a lot of folks are walking around in their night clothes when the Lord is telling us it's time to put some things off and put some things on. Ephesians chapter 4, uh, beginning again at verse 22, the Bible says that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old lifestyle, the old man, the Bible refers to that sinful life as being the old man is corrupt, the scripture says, according to the deceitful lust. Amen. There's lust, there's desires in each of us as human beings that is contrary to the will of God for us. Amen. And let me tell you something. Hallelujah. When you, when you are walking in that old life, praise God, you are walking in deception. Praise God. Uh, Bible says 
in verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Hallelujah to God. Amen. The Lord is going to give you a new mind when you come and give yourself completely to him. And he says, and now that you got this old nighttime stuff off, verse 24 says, put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. There are too many folks today who are calling themselves Christians who are really only Christians and behave themselves for the few minutes they're in church once a week. Praise God. Amen. But once you have been born again of the water and of the spirit, amen, you have signed up with Jesus Christ, amen, for the rest of this life and for eternity. Amen. You might be in this world, but you are not of this world. You ought to look different, talk different, behave differently, think differently, feel differently. Praise God because you have new life in Christ. And so you put off the darkness and that old man the Bible speaks of and you put on the new man which is created which is after God and is created in righteousness. You do what is right. You do what is just. You do what is fair and true holiness. Amen. You are consecrated unto God. Amen. And if you're consecrated unto God then you are separated from the world. Too many folks who are supposed to be Christians want to be like the world and like Jesus. You can only be one, praise God. Jesus said no man can serve two masters. You've got to love one and hate the other. Amen. Hallelujah. You cannot love God and mammon. Mammon is a, is a type of money or the world. Amen. You can't be both. Don't straddle the fence. Make up your mind. I'm going to give myself completely to Jesus Christ and I'm going to separate myself from the activities and thinking and lifestyle of the world because these lifestyles are sinful. Praise God. Hallelujah. In verse 25, here's some things we need to put away. Let's be specific. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Saints don't lie. They should not be lying to one another, and they should not be lying to other people. Praise the Lord. Put this aside. Let me tell you something. Even though you've been born again of the water and of the spirit, that old nature has not been eradicated. It's not been pulled out by the root. Praise God. This is why you must fast. You must pray. You must get the scriptures in your heart. David said, thy word, hallelujah, have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. He said, thy word is very pure and thy servant loveth it. He said, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed to the word of the Lord. Amen. As I say to you so often, if you don't know the truth, you won't know a lie. Praise God. And the world has a number of fictitious cultural myths, amen, that some of us are living by when we need to get our heads and hearts, our heads back in the Bible and the word of God back in our hearts so we can walk upright before the Lord, amen. So we ought to put away lying. There's no excuse for lying, amen. Telling the truth might not always feel good, but at least you're right with God. Telling the truth might get you in trouble with somebody, but at least you will be right with God, amen, because the, the, the problem with lying according to the book of Revelation chapter 21 is that all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. Praise God. Hallelujah. So you don't want to be a liar because liars are going to be destroyed. Praise God. Amen. So you don't want to be engaged in that. Verse 26 says, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Praise God. Hallelujah. If you get angry, you better manage that anger. Praise God. 
and not get to the place where you don't try to get back to your neighbor, to your family member, to whoever it is, and try to get right with them. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Bible says don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Don't put it off till tomorrow. Don't procrastinate because tomorrow is not promised to you. Do it today. Neither give place to the devil. Don't give the devil a foothold to get involved in your life. Amen. Life experience and mess you up. Verse 28, let him that stole steal no more. Praise God. If you are a true child of God, amen, you ought not be stealing. And I'm not just talking about Hershey candy bars. I'm talking about even your taxes. Praise God. You can't steal. Praise the Lord. If you get too much change back while you're in the cashier's line, you ought to know how to count well enough to give it back because you're a true child of God. Praise the Lord. You don't want to walk around feeling condemned. Amen. Sitting in a worship service like this because this is what the devil would do to you. When you don't do what's right, he is a master at bringing it up at the least opportune times. When you want to come in here and worship the Lord and praise the Lord, when you bow down on your knees to pray, here comes Satan with his laundry list of things you did or said that were not like him. So beat him to the punch and don't do that because if you have the Holy Ghost on the inside, you have power, praise God, to live above that old life. You've taken off the old garments of the flesh and the world and does deceitful lust thereof and you've put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Praise the Lord our God. Amen. So stop stealing, but rather let him labor. Go get a job. Praise the Lord. Amen. Man, and, and from what I understand, and I don't know what kind of jobs these are out here. Maybe they're McDonald jobs. I don't know. But the government is saying the unemployment is down. Amen. It's the best. Uh, the numbers are about as low as they were maybe, uh, maybe 40, 50, 60 years ago, something like that. Now, again, I don't know what kind of jobs those are. Those are probably where you stand at the... At the, at the counter and you push the fish sign and you give somebody a fish sandwich because of some of these jobs don't seem to pay enough people, people enough money to be able to meet their obligations but nevertheless the point is this go get a job you don't have to like a job to work praise the Lord amen work is a curse According to the scriptures, praise the Lord. Hallelujah to God. Amen. Labor is a curse. That, that, that came our way because of sin. Praise the Lord. But everybody needs to work. You need to have a job. So go get a job. And you know how I feel. Get a job where there's some perspiration involved in it or some beads of sweat that pop from the brow. Get a job, praise God, where you feel like you have worked. So when the day is over, you can come home and be beat and just relax yourself for a while. Praise God and enjoy your family and enjoy the Lord. These jobs that all the work picked out of them, praise God, amen, they don't pay anything, praise God. So go get a job, brother, where you have to put your hands on something and learn how to make something or carry something. Praise God. I don't believe in men and babysitting jobs. Hallelujah. Amen. Let somebody else watch the kids. Praise God. You go out there and get a job so you can have some money, so you can live someplace that's decent, so you can take care of your family, so you can put food on the table, you can pay the bills, and you can put clothes on people's back, and you don't have your hand out like a paw looking for somebody to give you something. Nobody owes you anything. Go get a job. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll say it to myself. 
Amen. Let him that stole steal no more. Rather let him labor working with his hands. Is that Bible? Don't look at me. Look down at the page right now. Amen. So you can't say that's what the pastor said. The pastor's reading from the Bible. Amen. But rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have to give to him that needed. That's another reason why you work. So you can be a help and blessing to someone that may be experiencing difficult times. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Saints don't lie. Saints don't curse. Saints don't swear. How how many of you are thanking the Lord right now that when he saved your soul and delivered you from the life of sin that you haven't cursed, you haven't sworn since. All that filthy talk you used to do and filthy communication is gone out of you. It can't come out of you if it's not in you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. You can hit your thumb with the hammer and you don't curse and you don't swear. When you didn't know Jesus, you said a few choice words, but now it can happen to you and you can't say that because it's not in you. Does somebody know what I'm talking about? Praise God. Hallelujah. When your mouth is so nasty and dirty amen you're embarrassed sometimes by the things that you said. I want you to know that now that you have been born again of the water and of the spirit Jesus Christ delivered you from that and you don't speak that way anymore. Let no more corrupt communication come out of your mouth but what should you say? That which is good to the use of edifying, to building up, that it may minister grace unto the hearers and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. How many of you have the Spirit of God abiding within? The Bible says don't grieve it. You grieve the Holy Spirit by disobeying the Lord. Praise God. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Paul said on another occasion, having this seal, the Lord knows them that are his. Therefore or let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Praise God. We don't live in sin anymore. Praise God because Jesus Christ delivered us from the bondage of sin and Satan. Scripture says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, that just loud uh, 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 talking, uh, evil talking and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice, all ill will towards people, all malice. And the scripture tells us to be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven us. So you're pulling some things off. Amen. And some of you need to leave some of them sleepy garments in 2019. And as you're going in 2020, put on some new clothes. Amen. There's probably hardly a soul in here that doesn't like new clothes. Praise the Lord. If you tell me you don't, I'm going to have a hard time believing you and I'll probably want to go back over and read that scripture about lying. Praise the Lord. Everybody likes a new garment. Is that right? We just came through a week or so where people get, how many got new clothes somewhere along the line this past week? Let me see your new clothes hands. Praise God. You got something new? Praise God. Amen. I mean, well, you, you're happy for that and you want to wear that, don't you? And in some cases, somebody bought you something new because what you had was old needed to be buried. Amen. You done worn it so long. There's holes under the armpits. Praise God. Holes in the elbow. The thing is coming shredded. It's a sweater, but there's all kind of balls on it. Somebody got tired.
tired of looking at you in that and said let me do something for them let me get them something new to wear well take that old thing and don't be afraid to throw it away praise God it's old get rid of it get rid of them raggedy clothes you know this world is so crazy now you got folk walking around with slits in their in pants walking around it's crazy and it's not just young people it's parents praise God out of their minds praise God when I was a little kid and we got a hole in our from your know, little boys we'd be shooting marbles be on the ground playing wore our things out hey man my, our parents didn't have all kind of money so they didn't they couldn't keep going and buying new pair of pants buying new pair of pants so they would send you to the store to buy a patch an iron on patch and you turn that leg inside out and you'd gather that material together and you put that patch on there and you'd iron and heat that patch up and let it melt into the fabric because you were ashamed. You were a little embarrassed. You didn't want to give everybody the clue that you were as poor as what you were. So you 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 put a patch on it. Is that right? Amen. So you look like your clothes were together. Well, This is a crazy world now. Amen. Now people got slits up here and slit over here. Slit back this. They want to look raggedy. They must have had it too, too good too long. Praise God. It's just another indication of how the world is getting further and further away from what I'll say our society because everybody's not crazy as well. Amen. How, amen. Our culture is getting further and further and further away from what is decent and what is right. Amen. Some of us will do anything just because it's the style. Praise God. Well, what ought to always be in vogue is Jesus Christ and his word and the way he wants us to look and behave ourselves. The Bible says in 1 John, amen, Chapter 1, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Yeah, praise God. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. These things are of the world, the Bible says, and they're going to pass away. But he that doeth the will of God shall abide forever. Praise God. You need to come on back on the same side. Hallelujah. Amen. And stop chasing after the world and its fantasies and its insanities. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah to God. All right, I'm back in that fourth chapter of the book of Ephesians where we're supposed to be kind and tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven us. Amen. And if you go back over to Romans, praise the Lord. Stick with me here. Go back over to Romans chapter 13, praise the Lord. The Bible says to us in verse 12b, uh, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light let us walk honestly as in the day not in rioting and drunkenness not in chambering and wantedness in other words full of lasciviousness and the sexy look and all this craze for sex praise God it's, it's not right amen not in strife and emptying Paul says in verse 14 but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not vision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Amen. When you walk with Jesus, you're not going to be walking with the world also. Let the church say amen. Praise God. So listen, let me tell you something. Amen. When you take off those night clothes and you put on some day clothes, then you need to go and get busy. Is that right? Praise God. We need to get 
busy doing the work of the Lord. We need to work in his kingdom before we leave this world. Praise God. Amen. A lot of folks come to church and too many people in the church are just holding down a pew. Well, let me tell you something. You don't need to hold down a pew here. They sit on a terrazzo floor. They're screwed into the floor. The pews are going to stay there. You don't need to stay sitting in it to hold it to the pew. Praise God. Hallelujah. You can get up and you can clap your hands and you can lift your hands and you can open your mouth and you can shout hallelujah to the Lord and you can praise him and give glory to him and give honor to him for he is worthy to be praised because the church is not a man a a, 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 a sit place it's a go place praise God and the church is not a, a pleasure boat the church is a lifeboat praise God amen and so there is work to be done the work is not just coming in here and clapping our hands and singing a hymn or a gospel song or listening to the music or playing the music the work of the Lord needs to happen outside these walls there's still far too many people in these United States that do not know true Pentecostal doctrine and teaching of the apostles amen this name of this church is the apostolic fellowship church you can imagine during the year as I conduct business I need to say the name of the church a number of times to people and when I say apostolic you would think there's somebody trying to say it they got marbles they don't even doesn't even dawn on them that apostolic is a derivative of apostle praise God that's how far we are away from the so there's an doctrine of the apostles that the whole world needs to know amen and it's our responsibility to get out there and say something to people say something to our neighbor our family our co-workers praise God I remember just a few weeks ago when I was preaching just a few miles south of here I heard a testimony from a young lady that I still find gripping she was a part of the Catholic Church for years but somebody told her about the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and how he is able to forgive sins and how he can deliver you and how he can change your life and get you on the right road and she stood up speaking earnestly with her eyes were full of tears but she just let us know that when she was following Catholicism she didn't really know anything about Jesus Christ she didn't know anything about having her sins forgiven in the waters of baptism she didn't know anything about receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost that is always evidenced by speaking with other tongues as the spirit gives utterance she didn't know that we were supposed to live a clean and a holy life praise God but now that she knows praise God hallelujah she was so full of joy matter of fact later that day as we prayed for her the Holy Ghost came upon her and she began to speak with other tongues as the spirit give utterance you see you can't just claim the spirit you've got to receive the spirit Jesus told his disciples receive ye the Holy Ghost don't just talk about it receive it praise God we just come through this season of gift giving didn't we praise God you can talk about gifts all you want to but until somebody offers it to you and you accept it until you seize it praise the Lord hallelujah to God if you give me this the only way I'm going to have it is I've got to grab it I've got to take it I've got to seize it I've got to treat this as my own praise the Lord hallelujah to God and then the bulletin is mine a lot of folks are saying today I have the spirit because they've recited some words I've accepted the Lord in my heart as my personal savior but that's not the way it happened in the early church according to the book of Acts which is the only book of history of the church in the New Testament 
Testament. The Bible says Jesus told his disciples to go to Jerusalem and to stay there until they be endued with power from on high. And so you read in Acts chapter 1 that that's just what they did. They prayed and they sang hymns and they waited for this power that was to come from on high. And when you get to Acts chapter 2, you'll find these words beginning at verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost, which was the time of a feast for the Jews, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place with one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled that room where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven or split tongues like fire. And these tongues, amen, began to light upon each one of them. And when that fire lighted on them, the Bible says, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, praise God, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance, not as uh, somebody taught them, uh, not as Rosetta Stone taught them, but they spoke a human language they didn't understand as the Spirit gave utterance. And what were they saying? They were glorifying and blessing and praising God for the wonderful change he had made in their life. Praise God. Not only will you hear an utterance that is amen that is uh, uh, moved upon you and, and speaking through you by supernatural means, praise God, but you will feel a change on the inside because sin is heavy. It's weighty. Sin holds you down. Sin makes you feel like you're worthless. Sin makes you feel like, amen, you can't make it. It makes you feel depressed and down and out and not good about yourself because the very things that you know you should not be doing, those are the things you're doing. The things you should not be saying, those are the things you are saying. The things you should not, places you should not go, that's where you find yourself. The stuff you should not be ingesting, you can't seem to stop doing it. Amen. The stuff that you shouldn't be saying out of your mouth is pouring out of your spirit. Praise the Lord. But oh, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it's going to make a dramatic change in your heart and in your life. Amen. Jesus said, amen, I believe it was Paul said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away and behold, all things are become new. Do I have a witness that when you really receive the spirit, you will not only speak with tongues, but there will be a change in you. Jesus said after the Holy Ghost, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall have power. Praise God. Jesus Christ by his spirit is power in your soul. The stuff you used to be bound to, you don't have to be bound to anymore. Praise God because he hung on that cross and shed every drop of his precious blood. Amen. So his blood could cover you and cleanse you and wash you from the inside. We get under the shower. We get in the tub to wash our natural bodies externally, don't we? But the blood of Jesus Christ is applied to our life. It's applied to our heart. It cleans us and washes us so much so until we feel delivered we feel clean on the inside amen we feel a joy that we never had before a peace that we never had before don't let the devil fool you into thinking well the only reason this church is so vibrant is because it's a cultural thing it's
it's cultural, all right. It's Jesus culture. It's Jesus culture. When you're dead in trespasses and sin, you don't have much to feel happy about. When you want to praise the Lord, you feel a little self-conscious. But somebody sang a song that said, I get joy when I think about what the Lord has done for me. Amen. And when you remember what he delivered you from, how he delivered you from a nasty life of sin, from a bad way of thinking, from a filthy mouth and a filthy spirit. Praise God. From pornography, from looking at things. You know, a lot of men in our society are secret pornographers. Praise God. They're bound to the stuff. Amen. They're hiding it on their devices. Amen. When their wife's back is turned, they're looking at this stuff. Amen. Because they have no control. They're incontinent. They have no control of themselves. But oh, I'm so glad that with the power of the Holy Ghost, you don't have to be bound to pornography any more than you have to be bound to cursing or swearing. You don't have to be bound to pornography any more than you are bound to cigarettes or a cigar or marijuana, praise God, or an opioid, praise God. Hallelujah. I don't worry about, amen, an opioid crisis, praise God, because I have the Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Amen. The Bible said, is any sick among you? Let them call for the elders of the church and let them pray the prayer of faith because the prayer of faith will save the sick and if they have committed any sins, they shall be delivered. Do you not know that Jesus Christ not only healed people when he was here but he's still healing people's bodies praise the Lord hallelujah yeah you might not feel good for a while but you don't have to be like the average American amen who's so weak that they got a pop pill pop pill pop pill to feel better sometimes life just has some suffering that goes along with it but if you fall on your knees and pray or lift your hands and pray and say Lord I don't feel so well I want you to touch me I want you to heal me I want you to deliver me. I'm here to let you know that he is able. He's able to do it. And if you believe on him, praise God as you pray, he will touch you. He will heal you. So you can stand up and let the world and even the congregation know Jesus Christ is a healer. Do I have anybody here this afternoon who has ever been healed without aspirin, without excedrin, praise God, without these opioids, Praise the Lord our God. I'm not saying you should never take medicine, but to get to the point where you are so doped up until you need it to survive, that's not the will of God for your life. Praise the Lord. You don't need to be strung out on an opioid any more than you need to be strung out on marijuana. Jesus Christ is the answer. Hallelujah. Amen. And there's so many people in our society now who are depressed. You're depressed because of sin. When you live in sin, praise God, it's depressing. It makes you feel heavy. It makes you feel down. It makes you feel like you're no good. Praise the Lord. But let me tell you something. If you come to Jesus Christ and say, Lord, I need your help. I want you to forgive me my sins. I want you to liberate me. Hallelujah. I want joy for my sorrow. 
I want peace. I'm not at peace, but I need peace. Hallelujah. You're not going to find it in a bar. You're going to find it in the Bible and in Jesus Christ. The Bible said he is our peace. This is not what the scripture says. When you have Jesus, you have peace. When you have Jesus, you have love. When you have Jesus, you have joy. When you have Jesus, you have power. You're no longer a slave to sin and the elements of sin and the manifestation of sin. Praise God. You need to trade in some of those old corn garments. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Train in those old worldly garments. Amen. For a garment of praise. Hallelujah. Amen. You want to get rid of that spirit of heaviness so you can be light, so you can come into the house of the Lord and worship the Lord in spirit and in truth and glorify him and praise his holy name for all that he has done for you. Is that right? Let me just read a little bit more to you. Praise God because we've gotten this thing so mixed up now. Amen. Until we come to church and think we're supposed to just sit around and act like we're at a funeral home. Matter of fact, I've heard more noise at wakes. Amen. Than I hear in churches. But the Bible says, amen, the way this is supposed to be done. In Psalm 100, it says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence. Is are we in his presence? Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that hath made us. Mm-hmm. Amen. We didn't come from any monkey, amen, or a little amoeba. Praise God. The Lord made us. He's still creator, no matter what false science says. Praise the Lord. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So in those days, they had, amen, a place that they worship, and the first place they came into were the gates, and then they approached to the temple. Amen. So the verse 4 of Psalm 100, it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. When you come in here, amen, when you pull in that parking lot, you ought to be thanking the Lord for the privilege to come together with the people of God once again that you might lift holy hands without wrath or doubting and give thanks unto his holy name for his goodness unto you. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endureth to all generations. Uh, Praise God. This is what we're supposed to do in here. Make a joyful noise. The Bible didn't say make joyful harmony because some of you can't sing. Uh, Praise God. And you never will make a joyful harmony but you can make a joyful noise. Uh, Is that right? Praise God. And you see the thing that makes it beautiful in the ears of God is that it's joyful. Uh, I didn't say fun because a lot of people think well I like going to that church because they have fun over there. We're not having fun. Praise God. This is joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Why am I happy? Because he brought me out from the mire and clay. He placed my feet on a rock to stay. He put a song in my soul today. Not the blues. Praise God. Not rock. 
praise the Lord, hallelujah. But he gave me a song of his praises. Now I can shout hallelujah. Let the church shout hallelujah. Psalm 150, Psalm 150, praise ye the Lord. Is that in your Bible? That's an imperative. You don't get to come in here and just sit up, amen, like Stonewall Jackson, like the fifth face on Mount Rushmore. Praise God, I was there. There's only four faces. Praise God, you can't be the fifth, praise God. So when you come in here, praise the Lord. Huh? Praise God in his sanctuary. Is that where we are? When you get in here, you have an opportunity to praise him. If you go on your job and lift your hands and shout hallelujah, they used to say when I was young, somebody might come along with a straight jacket, put your arms in backward, tie you up and take you to the funny farm. Praise God. But listen, in here, it's all right to praise the Lord. Huh? Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Bible says praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise God. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel. Amen. And dance. Amen. Let me tell you, I'm a musician at heart. And I play all kind of instruments. Amen. But he wants to play the organ now, so I can't. And she's missing the day, so she plays the piano, and I can't. And I used to play the gates guitar, but he likes it, so he plays it. And I used to play the sixth stream, but he thinks he's better than anybody else. So he plays it, praise the Lord. Amen. I used to hit the drums, but not that many. So, amen, I got me a tambourine. Amen. Praise God, because the Bible says praise him with the timbrel. Now, don't everybody go out and buy a tambourine, because some of you can't keep the beat. Not even if you're watching and the drum is helping you. Praise God. But I can keep the beat. So I went and got me a tambourine. Can't nobody take my tambourine from me because it gives me an opportunity to praise the Lord. The Bible says praise him. Is that right? With the timbrel. With the timbrel. That's a tambourine. And praise him with the dance. Come on, friend. Not the boogaloo. Not the foxtrot. Not the butt or the bump. But a holy dance. Hallelujah. You can tap your feet. You can move around and give the Lord the praise that he is so worthy of. Praise him with the dance. Hallelujah to God. Amen. And the Bible tells me, praise God, praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. And then listen to verse six. Let everything, amen. And really we're talking about everybody. Let everything that hath breath, praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. They tell me that the highest praise is high. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallel. It's praise and Yah is God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Therefore, you need to lift your hands without wrath or doubting and holler out a praise unto him. Let him know. Don't be ashamed. People in the world right now, they're not ashamed to tip up their bottle. They're not ashamed to blow their weed right out in the street. Hallelujah. Why should we be ashamed to praise a God that made us? To praise a God that rescued us? To praise the Lord that delivered us when we couldn't help ourselves? To praise the Lord that healed us when the doctor said there's nothing else I can do? 
Oh, hallelujah. The Bible says, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Everybody owes God a praise. Everybody ought to lift their hands and say, Lord, I love you and I thank you for what you've done for me. Hallelujah. Even if you don't feel so well in your body, you can still lift your hand and say, Lord, I still have life. I still have breath and I have a little strength. If I go down, let me go down praising you. If I go down, let me go down glorify you. For the Lord has done great things for us. Whereof we are glad. Are you glad about it? Are you glad about it? Are you glad about it? Then you ought to praise him and bless his holy name and thank God for the revelation of the name Jesus. Father is not the name of God. Son is not the name of God. Holy Spirit is not the name of God. The name of God is Lord Jesus Christ. When he's revealed that to you, you realize the power of God is in his name. When you bring his name out, you bring on his authority. When you bring his name out, you call on his power. When you call his name out, here comes the Lord to deliver you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everybody ought to praise the Lord. Everybody ought to thank the Lord for his goodness and rejoice in the Lord. Isn't that what Paul said? Rejoice in the Lord. And again I say rejoice. I'm about to close. But let me tell you something. Just right now, a lot of folk are going to be glued to the television. Especially to the big screen. Especially you men going to be glued to the screen to the screen for the next week or so. Looking at football. One game after another. The sugar bowl. The punch bowl. Hallelujah. Amen. Whatever bowl, this, that, and the other. I can't even remember them anymore. The fiesta bowl. Hallelujah. The rose bowl. You're going to be every You're going to be sitting there. Almost forget to eat. Or just eating stuff you don't need. Drinking soda and eating popcorn. Looking at the bowl. Hallelujah to God. But let me tell you something. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ did more for me than any pig skin ever did. I don't care if you were so good until you made money off it. I don't care if you were so good until people knew your name. Nobody does you better than Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Therefore, you need to lift your hand and say, Lord, I thank you for delivering me. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. Hallelujah. Folk are going to be sitting on the couch 
and praise God they're going to be sitting there watching the game amen and let me tell you if they got a bowl of popcorn in their hand and one of these star quarterbacks throw a touchdown amen the bowl of popcorn going all over the place and everybody jumping and yelling and screaming and we say that's not crazy but when we come to church folks say it's crazy to clap your hand crazy to pat your feet crazy to shout out loud crazy to act like you're out of your mind hallelujah but nobody on a baseball field a football field a hockey rink amen hallelujah any other sport has ever done for me what Jesus did hallelujah he's the joy of my salvation he's the strength of my life he's power in my soul I'm happy about Jesus Christ wake up wake up wake up get dressed it's almost time to go Paul wrote to the saints 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 he said brethren I will not have you to be ignorant concerning them which are asleep in Jesus praise the Lord hallelujah he said, I want you sorrowing after them <clears throat> like you don't have hope. See, one of the reasons you are born again is so your sins can be forgiven, so you can become a true child of God. He puts his spirit in you, but he knows that this body is going to die. So he does something even better, amen, than animating you naturally. He animates you spiritually. He gives you eternal life. You're going to get old. And if Jesus doesn't come real soon, some of us are going to pass away from this life. Huh? And you don't have to be old for it to happen. Praise the Lord. You're going to pass away from this life. But if you have the power of an endless life, abiding within then all you're going to do is sleep in Jesus and wait to hear the trumpet sound. Hmm? So Paul said, I don't want you feeling sorry for someone who has left this life like people who die and don't have hope in Christ. Hmm? Yes, we're going to miss them. Our hearts ache because we knew them after the flesh, didn't we? But, amen, there's coming a great reunion. Paul said, 1 Thessalonians 4, I believe, verse 16, for the Lord himself. We're talking about the second coming. The Lord himself. This Jesus that people were trying to, you know, I, I, I watched some TV programs the other day, and they still want him to be a baby. They got a little doll, taking the doll to a manger. Listen, he been out the manger for a long time. Don't try to put him back in. Amen. 
He's no more little baby Jesus. He's the risen Lord. Huh? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let me tell you something. The Lord himself, that same Jesus that ascended up into the heavens when he left here, he's coming back. He's coming back. But this time he's not going to come back and put his feet on the ground. He's going to stop in the heavens. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. That's a loud cry. Huh? He's not coming down here like a lot of folks want to praise him. He's coming with a shout. The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. And he's not coming alone. He's bringing the archangels with him. With the voice of the archangel. And they must have instruments too. He said, and the trump of God. So God must have a trumpet. God must have a trumpet. He didn't, I don't, I don't know anything about Gabriel's trumpet. He said, he's going to bring his for this. And the trump of God. The Lord's going to shout. The archangels are going to be praising God. And I don't know which one, but somebody's going to have the special privilege that day of blowing the trump of God. And when that blast of that trumpet sounds, he told Obosha, it's going to be so loud that all those that fell asleep in Christ are going to realize a miraculous change. And the trump of God shall sound. And the dead in Christ. Somebody said, well, well, I thought their bodies decayed and went away. Yeah, but you're going to have a new body. Like unto his glorious body. A body like he had when he got up from the dead. The dead in Christ, Paul said, are going to rise first. They're coming up. They're coming up. And if you go down before he comes, you're coming up. The dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we, which are alive, how many of you are alive? And remain true to God. You might be sitting. You might be standing. You might be fixing something. You might be driving. You might be an airplane. You might be the pilot. Those of us that are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. So the dead in Christ rise first. Then those that are alive and remain shall be caught up. Somebody said, how quick is this going to happen? Are we just going to ascend and rise slow? Paul said, no, let me fix this for you. He said, it's going to be in a moment of the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So as quick as you can blink, as quick as the lightning can flash from the east to the west, 
we're going to be here and then we're going to be out of here. It's going to be too fast for you to get right. <laughs> the get right time is now. That's why I'm saying, wake up, get dressed. It's almost time to go. Amen. Because when he comes, it's going to all happen in a moment of the twinkling of a twinkling of an eye. And then we're going to be caught up together. And the Bible said we're going to be with the Lord. Amen. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Praise God. How many thank God are looking forward to this? Put your hands together. What I'm trying to get you to see is this can happen at any time now. We've read some scriptures today that talks about the kind of things that are going to be going on when Jesus comes. It's happening. It's happening now. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. Now is the time for you to get right with God. Hallelujah. He wants to forgive you your sins and give you eternal life. Amen. The first thing you have to do is repent from your sins. Acknowledge it. Admit it, Lord. I'm a sinner. I'm really not saved. I thought I was saved, but I'm not saved from my sins. And then you must be baptized in water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission. Remission is an old English word that means the cancellation of a debt for the remission of sins. Sin is a serious thing. Amen. We broke the law of God. Now we need the cancellation of that debt of sin. The only way that happens is you've got to be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And I am stressing this because I am definitely distinguishing between baptized, being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ versus the Catholic form or formula in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. In the name, that's singular. Father's not a name. Son is not a name. Holy Ghost is not a name. Those are titles of God. I'm a father. I'm a son. And I'm a husband to my wife. Those are just three of the very roles I play in life. But none of those are my name. You must be baptized in the name of God. That's where the deliverance is. And the name of God is Lord Jesus Christ.